in my mind, there was always that perception that I'm younger. I don't know what I'm doing, which motivated me to just have to be better, yes. which was great. And, and it, it related into success and in, in that. But going back and, and the world is continually changing where, you know, if you're driving results, there was never a time where, you know, you're not ready for that because you need to be X, X years. Just, you know, yes. put your head down, um, you know, be better and and it's make it make it a no brainer or, uh, or completely defensible that, you know, you're, you're the one for sure. Welcome to the Leaders of Tomorrow podcast. My name is Chris Thompson, your host of the show and the head coach of the Student Works Management Program. This is a show dedicated to young and ambitious entrepreneurs and ultimately the leaders of tomorrow. Each week, we will bring you an inspiring interview or message to help you create the future you know you deserve. Let's get started. Hey, leaders. I have an amazing podcast for you today. I'm super excited uh, to be bringing on Rob Signoretti. He spent three years in our program, and uh, he right now is the enterprise account executive at Databricks, so a company that you've never heard about. But Databricks is the leader in data and AI cloud and power AI, uh, working with enormously huge companies uh, across healthcare, across computers, and um, they are exploding with opportunities and growth. And he talks about, like he's just in his mid-30s, he talks about the steps that he made to get to where he is. And he's just been phenomenally successful you know, at, you know, selling complex systems and, um, and solving really, really enormous problems. And he talks about, you know, the mindsets, the, the values, the ways of being and who he changed from as an 18 year old or 19 year old entering our program to, uh, you know, 15 plus years and really, really an amazing, amazing leader because not only is he selling uh incredible amounts of uh, of of services and products um but he's also a leader in a uh he's the provincial chair of kids sport so they help over 13,000 underprivileged kids uh to participate because uh, they they don't have the 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 financial capability to participate in kids sports across Alberta. And uh, they are solving those problems with all sorts of partnerships and create in u- unique solutions. So I know you're going to love this conversation with Rob. And, and again, you know what we're up to. I know we're early in the season, uh, heading into uh, an incredible 2021 season. But if you know of any amazing leaders, share this podcast, share, share what we're up to uh, here at the Student Works Ma- Management Program and the Leaders of Tomorrow podcast. Feel free to reach out to me if you have any feedback, ideas, or if you know anybody who's interested in becoming a leader at chris at leaderspodcast.ca. Thanks so much. Have an unbelievably great day. Rob, thank you so much for joining us on the Leaders of Tomorrow podcast. Yeah, this is awesome. It's great to get uh, reconnected and, and really appreciate you having me on. 
Yeah, no, it's been, it's been awesome. You know, again, one th- cool thing about LinkedIn is you see the progress, <laughs> you know, you're making, and I hear about you through other alumni and things like that. And I know we've had a chance to connect by phone now and a few minutes in advance of the podcast. It's just, it's really so exciting, all the progress you've made since, uh, uh, you, you know, you left Student Works uh, a while back. So let's, let's start. Who were you before the program? Like, what were your biggest frustrations uh, as a teenager, if you think about that, before you got started in your business? Yeah, so so just as a bit of a, a history, you know, I grew up in, in Sault Ste. Marie, Ontario, about 70,000 people, which is actually pretty isolated from any other yeah. city that's even near in its size. So you end up having a, a pretty boxed in mentality. And then to add to that, you know, grew up in a very blue collar family, mother who worked in a grocery store, a father who worked at the steel plant, um, grandparents who all had, you know, government unionized jobs. So my concept of an entrepreneur, I, I remember being like, oh, yeah, like my buddy's dad owns like a couple Subway franchises. I think that's like a business guy. Yeah. So really, my, my mindset and, and, and the guidance was, you know, get a, something stable and uh, and and something that uh, ha- has a pension. Right. Yeah. So that that was pretty much what I would explore. Right. Should I be a teacher? Should I work at the border um, since we since we border with Michigan or do I become a cop? Yeah. It's so like those are those are kind of your oh, and we had Ontario lottery and gaming if you want to go there. Yeah. So so pretty limited mindset. Um, and I never even explored, you know, anything related to business through high school courses and 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 anything like that. So, you know, I landed on the idea of pursuing something in criminal justice. My coach in football was uh on on the SWAT team. I thought that was pretty cool, but it definitely, you know, in the back of my mind, I was settling. And as part of that, you, you know, being a small town, you, you end up getting put in a box or branded pretty well. So love to have fun, really excelled in sports. I remember one of my teachers saying, you know, you're the dumbest smart guy I've ever met because, you know, he saw my potential, but I just wouldn't really go to that because, you know, I knew that I needed in 80 or like an 82 or something um, to, to get into the program I wanted at Brock. So you know, I get an 82. Why do I need an 83? Like that was kind of what I did, <laughs> you know, but so that was it. And then I got into university and the way university works, it's less regurgitation and more you know, critical thinking. And, and then I started to think, man, maybe I could be a, a lawyer instead because I was taking this, you know, sociology with criminology course and I was doing really well, had court, had marks that, you know, I didn't even get in, in high school, but it was still really hard to piece that together. So I think internally it was always like work harder than everybody else. You know, that's one thing I was coached, but, but there's pieces or there's gaps there in terms of like, what would really, you know, fulfill me. It was kind of like, do what I got to do to get into that job. And then, you know, basically the next 35 years of your life are set for you in terms of a career or anything like that. Um, which, Which I wouldn't say, you know, if I looked in the mirror was everything I, I truly wanted as a person. I just didn't know what that would be to, to fulfill that. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And, and I remember, you know, Rob, uh, it's funny. I, you know, people laugh, like I, I, you know, I don't, I don't remember things, but I remember people. So I remember, you know, <laughs> early on in the program and, 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 and one of the senses I had is, is you just didn't know yourself because I mm-hmm. remember as well, it was like, what Rob wants to be a, police officer. And by the way, just so everyone aware, <laughs> I love police officers and this is fantastic. And thanks for your contribution. But just, you know, if anyone knows Rob, you know, he's an <laughs> entrepreneur. He's just got energy. He's a, you know, energizer bunny and just, just dynamic and moving forward. And it was interesting. Um, 
about, you know, that perspective, you know, and, mm-hmm. and again, I think a lot of times our program really changes people's perspective. So what do you still rely on from the program? Oh man. Um, it, it's funny. And, and I know we chat about this a lot, but when I go back to my, my core group of friends, it, it actually still centers around a, a bunch of the guys that were in, I guess, my, my generation or my class of, of yeah. student works. And, uh, you know, talking to Sean Kelly, guys like Ryan Shaw, we, uh, he, he's one of the guys who ended up at Dell too, Ryan. And we were chatting just before the holidays. And it's like, there's certain things that we don't even think about that are still so core to like what we've had and what's made us successful in our careers. So um, a, a couple things are, you know, what really landed well with me when, when I was introduced to the opportunity of a summer management program was differentiating yourself. That was something that just like clicked. It was like, yeah, you know, you look around, that's a no brainer. There's going to be hundreds, if not thousands of me fighting for the same thing when we get out of this. And why do I stand out? So continuous differentiation. And it's been a theme through my entire career, hard work, you know, the core elements, the, the, the four things that the summer management program still lives by it's, you know, simple in concept, but really hard in execution. And then something as an entrepreneur that you just will never shake through the course of your career and will really make you stand out is, is that accountability and that ownership. So yeah. I was talking to Ryan and, and, you know, Ryan's journey is, is unique in itself that, you know, he's had an amazing corporate career and then quit and ran an amazing business of his own and then back into the corporate space with Dell. And he's just been successful through the whole thing. But he said, you know, the reason why he's had all this success. And I, I think this is common through, through, you know, all the guys that, that we're still connected to is that ownership, like the organization just knows, and they're, they're always taken away. Like we own it. You know, we don't yeah. have the mentality of, okay, I'm going to check out now that could be somebody else's problem. Yeah. You know, you just, it's just breath. I didn't yeah. from running your own business at such a young age that, you know, we do treat it like it's our own business. And, and that's something that, you know, clients appreciate. Certainly your company appreciates and, and, and goes a long way. Well, and obviously with, you know, you did run your own business for a number of years. And then, you know, when you're working with these different organizations, like you said, when you treat it like your own, then all of a sudden it's like, you're the VP, although you, that's not the title. And then eventually you become the yep. VP or they're giving you shares as, as we know. And there, yep. you know, there's, there's all these opportunities that come and people go, Oh, why don't I get those opportunities? Well, you're just <laughs> not playing the same game. Like yeah, you're literally 100%. not playing the same game as people, people see the, see the field so differently. And mm-hmm. so I know there was a really um, big point. I know we're, we're right now in January of 2021. And, and I remember uh, the last couple of days I've been doing review meetings with our district managers. What happened last year? And l- look at every <laughs> part of the business and what, what can we do better? Strengths, weaknesses, what, what we can do better. One of the things that really stood out for me was profitability. Mm-hmm. We look at profitability and go, check, 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 check. Meaning, good money, good money, good money, good money, you know, or great money, you know, okay. Like, and then we go, oh, like what happened there? You know, how could we have done better? What can we learn there? How can we, how can we do better? And I remember Rob, you were one of those guys who, again, working with a great DM, Sean Kelly yep, and, and, you know, great leadership, you know, a great hardworking guy and it didn't work. You know, you Mm -hmm. didn't make the money you made and it was a real tough decision. Do you come back? Do you not? What, Kate went into that decision, Rob, you know, and, and that tough decision. And then, you know, how do you, how, how do you see it now looking back in 15 years or whatever? 
Yeah, you know, we, we were chatting and even when I'm, when I'm talking to Sean, we, we still laugh at that. And, and all the guys, because it was all these guys who are still very, very core to my group that, yeah. you know, we were joking. It was like the intervention. But I was, you know, top line, I, I had a great year. Mm-hmm. But bottom line, you know, there's a lot more. And, and I think that was part of the growth was you need to connect everything from a PL perspective. And, and as a new business owner, you know, a lot of people pr- probably realize that when they're getting into it. So top line, really, really good performance, but missed a lot of things that would have given, you know, that profit out. My mentality and, and I guess the immaturity of being an entrepreneur was like, okay, if I sell X, then I'll automatically make yes. this. Well, that's not yes. how a business works. So it was like you mentioned, you know, disappointed, tons of opportunity to learn, but I was kind of over it, right? I was like, that was great. Never want to do that again going to move on now and and kind of going back to what you mentioned at the beginning it was like you guys saw that like no you can't like yes. <laughs> like you need to keep doing this so so we were uh we were at the club it, it, or we we're we we're, we're in mexico all together and everybody kind of, there's that there's that conversation and it was you know a bunch of people who ultimately i've really grown to trust yeah. just saying you need to come back and i was like no no i'm just going to continue this course this this course that i was on you know, this was great, but, you know, it just didn't work out for me and that's okay. And, and kind of that pressure, again, going back to the, like people that I really trust, it, it got me thinking. And I remember even through the course of that, that first season, I was in the car with Sean and I was like, man, I'm just tired. Like every time I solve a problem, there's just another problem. Like I just want all the problems to stop. And he's like, well then go work a nine to five. Like you want to live, you like, you, you want to do something like this, like start to embrace the problems. Like there's always going to be something that comes up. So yeah. if you push them away, you know, you, it's just not going to be a good time, but there's an opportunity to to embrace those challenges and grow from them and learn. And, and that was kind of like a thing that, you know, the light bulb went off. So I went back to that notion and was like, you know what? I know that there's so many things like, you know, there, there's so many things that I've, that I've uh, unfinished business. So, so to yeah. say that if I came back, like, I know that I can do this you know, bigger and better. And I, I just have to take on the right mentality. And I've got, I've got a whole team here that's, you know, willing to cheer me on and help me the whole way. Like, there's no yeah. doubt that, you know, there's a lot of people um, that were more invested, I guess, in, in my success and potential than even <laughs> exactly. I was at that point. I was like, I'm <laughs> yes. over it. So, so it was kind of like, all right, I got all these guys here. They've now become my friends. So now I got to deal with this for the rest of my life. If I, if I step away and if I really looked at myself and said, you know, it was such like, you know, they say when you're at that crossroads, like still in my life, the path that I would have went one way or versus the other, like is literally that is the reason I'm I'm where I am today was was that moment. So I'm, can, I'm, I'm always appreciative of it. But it, it was like, am I going to you know embrace the challenge and make this part of who I am in my journey and really, really dig deep and, and you know, uh, explore what my potential is? Or do I you know go the other way and run away from it? And uh, it was a monumental part of, of, you know, my whole life journey. Yeah, yeah, I know. And it's really, it's really great. I know, um, you know, first of all, of course, we see things in people. But again, that's just what we see, right? So in the end, we honor what people's decisions are. And on the other hand, definitely, you know, one of the things I want to, I want to, you know, speak about is, is that the one great thing you did is you really, really unleashed and became part of the team, right? And so that made that decision harder for you to make the wrong decision, what I would say the wrong decision, you know, or it was, it was, I won't argue that the, really the road more traveled, the road more traveled, meaning the road that people just co- commonly do. Hey, I'll just, Hey man, m- your life would have been great. Hey, just going to go be a cop, going to go have a pension, going to go have a, you know, fine life, you know, mm-hmm. rather than like you said, 
taking on these challenges that, as we'll go on, obviously, really, really make a, a major difference in a different way to, yep. to the contributions of our community. And so I just uh, love uh, bringing that to light for our young leaders. And, and one of the other things I wanted to comment on is a lot of it's philosophy. Mm-hmm. Like you put that question in, in your mind now, be of course. Of course, right? Like, 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 what, what, what do you mean? But, but there was such a big difference in that year became who Rob Signoretti was Mm -hmm. one year later, eight months later. And it was totally different. And then the next year, oh yeah, the, the, the wheels were solidly on the bus and it was going Oh man. Yeah. Yeah. Like, like, (laughs) you know, beyond that, because that's what I, you know, I, I do work best with a chip on my shoulder in certain right. ways. Sometimes I even fabricate, you know, something yeah. to keep me motivated. And <laughs> and that was certainly a, a a chip on my shoulder that was like, yeah. okay, I'm 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 gonna go and and you know clear up this unfinished business and and yeah. it, it produced the results that that you know that 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 we all had hoped. Like, yeah. I I think I probably ran one of the most profitable businesses. You know, yes. double down. What did I do wrong? Got a lot smarter with qualifying out, you know, yeah. jobs. I think I was just pricing, like I was selling my, I think my close rate was like one of the top uh, in, yeah. in, in the company in my first year, but that's not necessarily the best thing. If like you're, the reason you're closing all your deals is because it's so cheap that the clients are like, yeah, why not? I'll take so, this. Yeah. you know, sell, selling better, selling smarter, and then really thinking through the entire life cycle of those projects and uh, hiring the right people. Like there's so many different things that I took into, you know, year two and then even built in to kind of like, you know, even, even a different dimension into year three that, yeah. you know, it, again, it was so rewarding and it just continued to become more of a fine tuned machine, you know, through the course of those years and, and, and was, was just awesome. So like you said, you go back to it and it's like a no brainer now, but, yeah. but at that time, I, I still remember how, how much I was torn, you know, oh, yeah. one of the biggest, toughest decisions I, I ever made because you're so fresh with, you know, the wounds of, of year one and the lessons learned, you don't really, yeah. you don't really have time to, to heal and look forward. So I, I'm, I'm always appreciative of that. You totally, totally. So why don't we jump into your career progress? So post yeah. post student works, you, you go to Dell. Yeah. So so it was funny, you know, what was happening. It was 2007. We're in the fall of 2007. And uh, I can't remember the gentleman's name, but a couple of the guys that had now, you know, gone out and, and it was time to, to join the workforce. And uh, one of the guys, I think he landed at Xerox. You know, everyone was kind of, we had really strong networks and ties into Xerox, network, uh, Canon, Dell, Canon, Oracle, yeah, yeah, and, then, yeah. and then Dell. So, you know, did the same thing, got my resume out, worked with a recruiter. And, you know, the, the response was, was, was awesome and encouraging. I was basically, long story short, you know, I ended up getting offers from, from all of those four prospects was going to take the same route. You know, we, we, we had, we had a lot of folks and more, more of my friends went the route of, you know, the Xerox and Canon. But uh, when I got an offer from Dell, I reached out to my uncle who was in, in the technology space. And I said, I don't know what to do. And he said, well, think of it this way. You can go work for Canon or Xerox. Um, they have really good training ground, but you know, in terms of the core technology or industry you're in, you know, you don't have as much latitude. If you want to technologies, like, join Dell, like build mentorships, you know, learn everything you can treat as an extended university. And it's going to open up any door that you want across all the areas of technology. And it's even more than you can imagine. So that, that rang true with me again, the differentiation, you know, how do you, how do you capture a broad market opportunity? So got into Dell, um, 
you know, an, an entry level role in sales as an inside sales manager working in the commercial space. And day one or two of the job, I met an account executive, Ryan Lee, just, you know, carried himself the type of way that I was like, man, like, how do I become Ryan Lee? What does he do? They're like, oh, that's an account executive. This is what the profile, the role looks like. I'm like, how do I become that? And they're like, well, typically you got to leave and blah, blah, blah. Like it wasn't a path I was really interested in. So I'm like, well, I'm going to do that here. And I want to do it really fast. But, you know, that meant finding like obviously performing um, mm. our core KPIs is as a seller, you know, number one, if you don't do that, then everything else below it is is extremely secondary, but, you know, built a mentorship with, with Ryan um, ended up, you know, developing a great mentorship with the head of the commercial space at Dell, who actually now runs Microsoft for uh, all of Canada and, and was just, you know, continually pursuing. So it's like, I'll, I'll do my job, I'll execute, but I, I need to do all these additional things because I need to cover this you know five to ten year path that they just laid out for me and i want to do that in three years so i basically got to take 10 years of work and 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 achieve you know all of that credibility and experience in three so was laser focused on that and and fast forward to you know three years out and and was given an opportunity to become an account executive and they offered it to me in in the gta um but they were also were expanding that role into western canada and at the time i was working mostly with western canadian uh, albertan organizations and, and I just really jived well with that business style. So yeah. was really drawn to the opportunity to be the first in and, you know, sink or swim, it's going to be on my back. So if yeah. I, if I'm successful, that's what Rob built. And and yeah. I guess the entrepreneurial roots was like, yeah, no, I like that. <laughs> you know, yeah. it's like, you know, I'll pass or fail, but, but that'll be on Rob's back and, uh, and, and moved out here and, uh, you know, just kind of fell in love with, with the life of Western Canada, landed in Edmonton, met my wife and, 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 you know, built my whole family out here. Um, so that was kind of the first into the corporate space. So first of all, I want to sort of pull some things there. So number one, Dell Canada has made a big transition from where they were when Rob just first started. When Rob first started, Dell was exploding. Okay. They had a really, really compelling program they were selling an enormous number of computers and they were mm-hmm. really, really driving really great value in the marketplace. And it, you know, obviously you could tell that they were developing amazing talent by, by the leaders when, where they went. And one of the things I wanted to highlight was anytime you have the opportunity to go to new ground, new territory, that's the opportunity. You stay where other people have created it. You're just another great performer. You go create 100%. it someplace differently. It's like the shine is huge. And the shine stays with you for a long, long time. I broke new ground for Dell. We created this space in Alberta. We did this. It's like, oh, wow, because it's different. It's way more entrepreneurial. It's like new money is way better than just the same money. The same money is just time. assumed. It's just assumed, you know, Dell's going to keep bringing that money. It's it's all about growth. Yep. So, so, you know, again, not, not, and by the way, as well, the, the philosophical decision that you had to make to come back another year at student works was monstrous. This one was, was like easy. It's like, okay, good. Because yeah. <laughs> you had already jumped the bridge, right? It's like, oh yeah, no, I know, you know, cause it is more, by the way, just so everyone's clear, it is more risky, right? Mm-hmm. But it's, it, the risk is really worth it. You know, and again, especially if you can, if you can make everything else work and obviously it's great. Hey, you've, you know wife you love the the culture you love everything about it so that's that's really awesome yeah so what had you thinking to leave dell what had you thinking to 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 step out of dell 
So it, that, you know, same deal. It was kind of great, right? We, we, the year over year metrics were super, super strong. You know, there was some change in, in leadership. And a lot of people talk about, you know, you typically work for leaders versus a company. Yes. So the timing was kind of lining up, but I built, you know, a really good network, um, started to build a really strong reputation. And, uh, I started to think about, okay, I can, I view the technology world, but going back to what my uncle had told me, you know, learn everything that you can. And, and I'd gotten yeah. really comfortable in, in that capacity. You know, I, I knew how to sell Dell and I knew how to yeah. speak the world, speak the message of, of Dell, but I knew that, you know, this is a way, way bigger industry and to really gain credibility and to open up more doors, I, I need to go and start to get more of a rounded view on you know, the world of technology. So started to focus on, you know, the opportunity to get involved with consulting firms. And I'd worked yes. with a whole bunch of them in, in, in the capacity of a vendor. So ended up joining uh, a, an up and coming firm called Mainland Information Systems. And right. um, it was kind of the same deal, right? They had a lot of velocity. It was still a pretty tight knit, you know, small, small firm in terms of the, the, uh, the Edmonton presence head office was out of Calgary. So it was kind of, I can be an early in and we can build this on our backs and that would open up more opportunities and, and move on. But now you're looking at the world through consulting. So not, Hey, I want to buy X, Y, Z. Why should I buy Dell over HP over IBM? It's, Hey, I have a problem. Help me solve this yes. solution and then layer in, you know, the, the supporting technologies. So really like that notion, you know, solving problems, being continuing to be entrepreneurial. There's a lot mm -hmm. of latitude to, to run things the way I wanted to run, um, uh, you know, in a large corporate organization, you, you are, you know, a little bit more boxed in, in in terms of what that looks like. And it was getting more and more like that. So. There, there's a bunch of reasons to jump in, but but it really gave me the opportunity to be entrepreneurial and then really round out my skill sets and continue to build that credibility and explore, you know, what the next phase of that journey would be. Absolutely. And it's it's a different level of sales. You know, again, mm -hmm. we obviously teach a, a level of sales where we're chart we're 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 teaching painting and, you know, window cleaning services, you know, and again, it really is kind of in a box. Now, again, for 18, 19, 22 year olds, it's really way steps forward, but from taking it to selling for Dell to now really, really solving problems. What does the client really need? What is the best solution mm -hmm. in the marketplace? Really, you know, asking more questions, really determining it without a specific, you know, badge on your chest. And then I'm going to give you yeah. the Dell solution. Right. No, we can give you any solution. Yep. And and by the way, that's you know, so companies like Dell, they sell through Dell and then they also sell through other organizations, mm -hmm. you know, because they know they're one solution. So it's it's kind yep. of interesting how that works. So you stayed with Mainland for for almost three years. Yeah. We were acquired uh, by a company called Scaler. So we were a Western Canadian company um, as mainland. We were top 15 in Alberta as fastest growing companies. We broke $100 million in revenue. Wow. Um, and then we ended up getting acquired by a company called Scaler, which is a national uh, system integrator and consulting firm that um, extended kind of our reach, but they had a very similar profile being very, very deep in, in technical skill set, and then added in additional layers that mapped into uh, cybersecurity and, and the data space. So actually mm -hmm. opened up uh, the eyes into some, some additional areas and opportunities again with the vastness of what the technology industry can be. Right. But uh, my role stayed the same. My profile continued to 
rise, I guess you could say, in terms of I was taking on, you know, by, by the end of that that time, which uh, was roughly about five years across both companies, I, I was, uh, you know, running the all the strategic uh, accounts for, for Alberta when I started to move into more of that data space that I'm sure we'll get into. Right, exactly, exactly. So really crushing it, obviously. One of the other things is when we make good choices to choose companies that are growing like stink, that assists mm-hmm. us. Yeah. <laughs> so that's another thing. Because <laughs> yeah. again, new business is easy to share, share revenue with you know sales reps. And that's one of the one of the things as well as the people who are generating those, those, those sales, right? So that's yep. that's something that happens. Hey, this new growth, new growth, new growth. So then what what happened next? So, um, yeah, it, it kind of at, at that point had more success, you know, from the traditional sell, seller's definition than I had ever imagined, you know, financially achievement. It's continued to to really have the opportunity to, to strengthen the brand. You know, um, there's this notion of you build your reputation in drips and you lose it in buckets. So everything yeah. you do, be focused on what does that contribute to my brand? Always doing the right thing for the sake of doing the right thing and yeah. having that really pay off as it really, really compounds over over time. So um, it really set myself apart, I, I would say. Um, there's an opportunity, you know, as technology was becoming more of the forefront of how businesses identify themselves and differentiate themselves. Our world was evolving. You know, you're not the guy who's like, here's a bunch of widgets, you know, you're starting to talk to business stakeholders and um, we would get coached. Hey, you got to talk to the business. And I was kind of like, okay, what does that mean? Right? Like, how how do I know to talk to the business? I sell technology. So went uh, back to university, took my citation in business uh, analysis and you know, with the lens of being more of like the business architect side of things, but it helped oh, me understand okay. how does how does an initiative you know go from inception to delivery in the entire workflow, and realized you know how at the tail end of, of that entire process, you know, technology is there's all these things that you need to be aware of. So started to make you know open up my mind more, but through that process. Um, as I mentioned with Scalar, there's all these different channels that that we that, that was able to tap into and uh, started to realize, you know, where's the industry going? What's starting to become more commoditized? Because in, in the whole cycle of how technology works, things that are differentiated quickly become uh, commoditized and, and the new differentiated uh, technology and, and, and IP, you know, gets introduced. And, and that's the world that we evolve. And that happens at a very, very rapid cycle, like every three years, it almost turns over. Yeah. So if you're if you're a lame duck, if you're if you're not continuing growing and, and evolving. So really, you know, it's either going to be security or, or kind of like the, the core data and analytics space and, and the stuff that I found myself doing when, you know, it was nighttime or when I wasn't working and what I would go and start reading was all related to analytics. So started thinking about what would be that bridge to get me into that space. Um, and as, as an integrator um, in a consulting firm, we we were partnered with a company called Splunk. So had been opened up to what this organization does. It's an industry leader in analytics, specifically around operational intelligence um, and, and security. So, you know, had some really good networks there and was, was introduced to the opportunity to get back into the vendor space. Um, and it was a really good bridge because it's still tied into IT pretty tightly, but it did right. break into the, the broader scope of core analytics. So um, took on that opportunity to, again, be responsible for strategic accounts across Western Canada. Um, you know, but the, for the last four years of my career now, I've always had a really small subset of clients that I'd work very, very deeply with. Right. 
you know, across all different levels and, 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 and different value chains within the business. But um, took on that capacity with with Splunk again with a growing mindset that this will be you know a two to four year bridge where right. I get what I need went back to university took in a couple more analytics courses and uh, and and saw you know I'll do this and then that will continue to differentiate me in in a really evolving space in technology and and open up more doors right right so what I'm hearing Rob is is number one is is that follow what you like, like what's mm-hmm. really capturing your, your heart. It's like, oh, this is so neat. And again, why is this so neat? Well, because you can see how the world is going in this direction is making all this data is making companies be able to make better decisions and serve customers better and create better value. Right. And so it's like, oh, isn't that neat? Like what's, what's, yeah. what's happening. And, and then you go, you go back to school but sometimes it's school. Other times it's, 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 it could be courses. It can be reading oh, yeah. extra books. It's, and I'm sure you were, it was all the above, yeah, all just, of the above. Yeah. <laughs> just, and just learning and learning and learning. And, and that's what top performers do, right? Like that's what, you know, for our leaders, like that's what top performers do. They're learning, they're learning, they're learning, they're interested. And, you know, again, I, you know, Rob can see in, in my, in my office, all sorts of, and he already knows all sorts of leadership books, because that's what yeah. Chris is into and, 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 you know, business books, not, not the data stuff that he's into. And so it's like, Hey, that, that's what I know. That's what I live in. That's mm-hmm. what I'm always learning. And, and like you said, I also love what you said is, Hey, especially in, in technology, every three years, the huge opportunities will be closing out. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Now there's still a good business there. But it's going to become commoditized. The big fat margins are not going to be there. So how do we keep exactly? Growing? How do we yep. keep? How do we keep? You know, finding new opportunities. So yep. no, that's really really exciting. And and so what was what was next then? And one of the other neat things as well for how how old are you now, Rob? Uh, thirty six. So yeah. So yeah. so so all of these things Rob's doing in his early thirties, he's absolutely crushing it in his early thirties. No one asks how old Rob is. It doesn't matter. Okay, so I want everyone to understand there is no sense of, of just like Rob jumped into that senior role at, at Dell way faster. Why? Because he was creating way more value, right? Like it's, it's, a, it's not about age. It's about performance. It's about results. You know, one of the big yep. values in our business is results economy. It's what people yep. care about. So it's just, it's just, you know, again, you're way, way further ahead. But, but again, very, very few people in the in industry even reach where you are in terms of income and success and dri- driving value. So, so it's not surprising that age doesn't matter. Really, it's about mm-hmm. the, the the types of things people do to create value in the marketplace. Yeah, no, no, one hundred percent. And you know, most of the roles that that I had now, I work you know for for Silicon Valley late stage startup and. Like our CTO and founders, there's a couple that are younger than me. So yes, you know, the, yeah. the tides are turning, and now I look <laughs> around. It's a bunch of, of age-wise my my peers, but this is the first role really where I looked around, and, and it was it was people my age. It's always been people, you know, my in that role with Dell, as you mentioned. You know, all my all, all my counterparts could have been my 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 parent, my father, or my yes. or my mother. Yes, and I appreciate you bringing that up because. In my mind, there was always that perception that I'm younger, I don't know what I'm doing, which motivated me to just have to be better, yes. which was great. And, and it, it related into success and, and that. But going back and, and the world is continually changing where, you know, if you're driving results, there was never a time where, you know, you're not ready for that because you need to be X, X years just, 
you know, yes. put your head down, um, you know, be better and, and it's make it, make it a no brainer or, uh, or completely defensible that, you know, you're, you're the one for sure. Exactly. So then did Databricks go and recruit you? Did you find the opportunity? How did that opportunity happen, Rob? Yeah. So, so, so Chris, I, I mentioned, you know, when I joined Splunk, um, in, in my mind, that was going to be a two to four year, you know, bridge role, um, amazing company, you know, had amazing opportunity, really learned a lot, love being there, culture, super cool. But ultimately, you know, I started to really profile what does that next phase look like? And I wanted to get into, you know, the real data and AI space, um, which is where you're working with, you know, an entire different part of the business with you know, data engineering, data science, you know, true machine learning and, and AI, which, which is an area I never worked. So I needed that bridge. So, you know, continue to learn and, and, and get what I would need to qualify myself into that type of opportunity. But uh, at the same time, I started to understand, you know, what do I want to do? Where's the industry going? What's the loose profile? Um, you know, set up a scarecrow of if I were to move, what do what does this organization uh, need to look like in, right. in order for, for it to make sense for me? And there's a whole bunch of things I won't get into it. But by almost fate, all of a sudden, a bunch of folks from Splunk, you know, this happens in a lot of organizations, top guy kind of moves over. And then all of a sudden you kind of see that filter down through the leadership. And, and, and that exact same thing happened into this Databricks company that I'd never heard about and started looking into it. And it, it, it honestly checked every single box in terms of right. what that scarecrow of a company profile looked like. Um, so I started to get a little bit excited and there's a lot of this, you know, momentum happening. And then my director, jumps over, takes on a, an expanded role. And that gave me the opportunity to be like, well, you know, again, you, you typically work for your leader, not just yeah. the company. So I had that confidence. Um, you know, we worked super well together. We, we obviously still do and have a good friendship. Yeah. Um, so the timing made a lot of sense. And it was a hard decision because my business at Splunk was just starting to hit that velocity and, you know, starting to get all the, the lagging indicator results of all the, the work of building a business within a business. But I knew this was kind of my landing spot. So uh, Databricks is, you know, a leader in in data and AI. We work with um, a lot of the household name organizations that that everybody's aware of, right? And some of the you know digital native organizations that are big disruptors in their industries. Um, you know, organizations that if you're using a laptop, there's probably a 70% chance we're working with that organization. Right. And and what we do is that we're leveraged to solve the hardest problems. And we map to hundreds of millions of dollars in opportunity through either driving cost savings or new revenue streams or de-risk uh, through data and AI. So super, super cool company. Uh, founders are, are out of uh, the AMP lab at Berkeley, you know, invented a technology that's essentially the de facto engine of all big data and AI. Um, and the really cool thing here at Splunk, I got introduced, as you mentioned, to equity, right? Like when yeah. you get when you get stock or RSUs, um, you start to say, oh, there's this whole other opportunity to make money other than, yeah. you know, I sold a bunch of stuff and, and I make yeah. a bunch of money. And there's always a combo of your, you know, uh, base base pay or your salary plus incentives. Um, but then all of a sudden there's this third dimension of, of stock. Equity. So, yeah. <laughs> and and you really like if you're naturally an entrepreneur, it really resonates with you because you've got stake in the game. Like you're doing yeah. the right thing and everyone acts as an owner. And the culture here is very, very much that type of environment. So. Um, over, I, I joined Databricks in March of 2020, which, man, you want to talk about, you know, embracing the challenge. 
if those who know what it, what an account executive role looks like, um, especially in the enterprise space, and as you work with strategic clients, I was traveling 70% of my time. Yes. You know, um, you're working with international companies, you're all over the place, meeting with execs, spending a ton of time across all these different areas in the business. And I joined this job and I booked three flights on my day one. I joined March 8th. And by Friday, I canceled them all because everything had gone into lockdown with COVID. Yes. And, I, and I was genuinely concerned that I'm not going to be able to do my role in this purely remote capacity. Definitely. Um, so had to, again, double down, change a lot of how I do things. Yeah. And it's it's been fortunate. We've had a ton of success through the year. Um, again, you know, I, I was the first in in terms of being uh, the strategic account executive for Western Canada, uh, working with some some of the top most of the top organizations here. And uh, it's been just an awesome year. But, you know, the, taking on that growth man- mindset and, and embracing the challenges has uh, proven itself more than ever among learning an entire new part of the technology space and, and having to ramp up and realizing, oh man, there's not a lot of knowledge I really do poured over from my 12 years in the industry prior. <laughs> there's yeah. all this learning. And then it's like, you actually have to do your core job of the stuff that you do bring forward and why they hired you now in a very, very different capacity. So, so going back to kind of the roots of what we talked about, you know, it's proven itself more than ever, you know, in, in, in 2020, for sure, <laughs> in terms of, you know, no, no one's going to give you a pity party. I can't just go, oh, I don't like working remote. Like, yeah. you know, there, there's no time to really, you know, yeah. pat you on the back and go, it's okay. You know, there'll yeah. be another year. It's like, figure it out. So, um, you know, really embrace it. And it turned out well. And to speak to that, Rob, like, you know, for, for, you know, obviously people just getting a sense of Rob listening to this podcast, Rob is a people oriented, you know, shake your hand. How you doing? If I know you a big hug, you know, so that's who Rob is. And so a lot of that personality or that opportunity to really connect, we lose online or sorry, we don't lose. We don't lose. It's different though. And there's a fear of, hold on. I'm always, you know, again, face to face with people. Oh, let's hear. I'll come on over here. Let's look at this, you know, together. And so all of a sudden, you know, changing these skills. And, and again, I think, I think COVID has changed the world forever. We will not travel as much in the future. Now we'll still travel, you know, but, but we will not travel as much that, that there's a way to do it better and more efficiently, more effectively, you know, with Mm -hmm. less damage to the environment and, and, uh, Mm -hmm. you know, that sort of thing. And I see zoom as a business transportation device. You know, so boom, I'm, I can be in, you know, Manila or whatever it is, you yeah. know, or. Yeah, we talked a ton about that prior to the holidays. 100%. Yeah, so it's, it's fascinating. So all of a sudden you, you've you got equity in these businesses and you're seeing yourself like an owner. So you're already acting like an owner. Now you're seeing yourself mm-hmm. and you are a part owner of these businesses. And then I know you made a, a new investment. So tell, tell us about that. Yeah, so. You know, we were having that chat about at some point you start to think and and I always make the joke, you know, I've I've done things in my career, you know, earlier than most people get to. So, you know, I'm in my mid 30s and I'm thinking, okay, I'm going to be doing this for another, you know, 20 ish years. You know, what's going to keep me motivated? I've I've achieved all the standard, you know, definitions of what you want to do as a seller role. Yeah. You know, I love the autonomy that you have in this type of capacity. I've had a ton of opportunities to to take on some leadership. But in the corporate space, it's not necessarily something right now that that is super interesting to me. So I've had the opportunity to to branch out and and balance myself with continual challenges and growth. So um, 
the first thing is about three years into being in, in Edmonton, I got the opportunity to join an organization called Kitsport. And uh, this organization focuses on helping underprivileged kids um, be able to participate in sport. We remove the financial barriers by covering their registration fees. We work through a lot of partnerships and started in as an advisor um, to help with fund development and you know, fast forward and 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 for the last five years, I've I've been the provincial chair for that organization. That's awesome. Very volunteer driven. We've got over three hundred volunteers across thirty eight chapters uh, in Alberta that represent all all, all the different communities, um, and we help over thirteen thousand kids a year get into sports and and you know we continue to grow year over year have developed some amazing partnerships and and support from community citizens and, and corporations. So. That's really been, you know, a place where I, I get that leadership, um, you know, get what I want from from a leadership perspective. And true, you know, when you talk about leadership and and, and Chris will probably relate to this, right? Like if someone's your employee, yep. you know, there, there's one way to motivate and, and and you know, you have a hammer and a carrot, so to say, yes. like always yep. prefer the, the carrot route. But when you're running a board and it's a bunch of volunteers who've committed to giving their own personal time and they're all in a very senior roles and they're all really pressed for time to keep people engaged and motivated really, really challenges you to truly find what, like how to tap into that motivation and, and continue to, to lean in on that and, and be collaborative and, and do what I feel is, is a true profile of a leader. So that's been an area to, to really help me grow and, and that translated into career success. So wanted to bring that up, but then, you know, you, you continue, you build a network, you build a reputation, you continue, you know, as, as I talked about, you're always finding opportunities for uh, mentorship in, in all these different directions. And, and often, you know, to anybody who's listening to this, it's as easy as just reaching out. Like people love to help, you know, as a nature, it's, it's very yes. rare you find somebody who doesn't want to help. And if you ask like, Hey, I'd love to tap into, to, you know, a couple things, you know, do you got some time for me? Can we grab a coffee? Yeah. The amount of times that I've done that, you know, just ran into somebody or been made aware of somebody or somebody recommends I connect with somebody. It's, it's just so easy and you get so much out of it and it's actually fulfilling for, for them. So I always encourage, people to do that. So in, in having done that over 12, you know, the last 10 years being in Western Canada, built some really cool friendships where um, two, two gentlemen about 24 months ago started up a co- company called Mach 32. Um, one gentleman is, a, is an engineer with uh, the largest construction firm in, in Canada. Um, and the other gentleman is uh, an emergency uh, room doctor. Right. And uh, they first identified a really big opportunity to to introduce a new medical device that's called an auto injector and think of it as an EpiPen, but it actually goes right through your sternum. So in trauma situations, in the uh, military applications, you know, trauma applications, if somebody goes into hemorrhaging, there's a big, you know, there, there's, you know, a real critical response and short-term response that's needed. So the ability to provide that type of medicine um, that's needed to stop hemorrhaging, you know, can save lives and, and they need to make it portable and, and all these things. So huge, huge market opportunity. And that's what started um, th- this company is identifying, hey, there's a real opportunity to save lives and, 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 and really make a material impact in, in various applications. So they started to focus on that. And lo and behold, you know, we, we all become faced with COVID and Mark is a emergency room doctor was intubating COVID patients. And, uh, when you're inserting the, the tube, 
you know, there, there's a response that almost guaranteed they're going to have this big cough. And that even though, you know, the doctor has all this medical gear on, you know, when somebody coughs that hard, there, there's a big risk. And I think it was 20% of uh, COVID transmissions are with medical staff. And a lot of it would, you know, there's a big Round exposure in this process. Yes. So they pivoted their business in, in the last, you know, eight months and, and introduced a portable uh, tent that would go over the patient uh, protects the doctor, connects into the HVAC, so it actually just takes away any any risk of virus transmission immediately, wow. and enables the doctor to be protected as well as you know patients to be able to be intubated in many more areas other than just the ICU and emergency room, which was creating this massive lag not just for yes. COVID patients but for people waiting for surgeries and all this stuff. Yeah. So really big problem solver um, is taken on gotten on a lot of momentum. They've had a ton of success, great funding, and an amazing team of, of engineers and developers and, and all this stuff. Um, but then through friends and family funding, early uh, early funding round is able to get involved in this um, as a private investor and an advisor. So it's been super cool to kind of, again, like spread my entrepreneurial wings and, and get right. involved and, and feel a part of something that's super impactful. So, you know, there's a whole bunch of channels. And, and I think this is becoming the norm that people, you know, really grow beyond their quote unquote nine to five to to help with that continued growth or things that you can do to make an impact and and is really, really rewarding in many different ways. Yeah. You know, one of the things we're doing is we're talking without numbers. So Rob's doing unbelievably well. And we'll just leave it at that. And so as a as an extremely, extremely highly paid sales rep, you don't want to move and become the VP because you're getting paid way more than the VP. And yeah. on the other hand, Rob's a leader. And Rob wants to contribute more. Now, in the world that he's contributing, you know, he's contributing enormously, right? Like, you know, again, being able to craft these solutions and work with all the technology and work with the the, the these amazing companies, et cetera. So that is that is just what Rob set up to do and do really well. And what's great is this is just a great example of, yes, life is about and, because then and we can do things, right? And Rob can go and say, hey, I'm going to go spend time and make a contribution. I'm going to invest money and make a contribution in these firms. I'm going to go and help kids sport, right, as a leader. Um, and by the way, as well, just to speak, I spent a number of years in my life as a, a leader in a, in a, um, charitable or, you know, quasi charitable, you know, organizations, you know, supporting, you know, members and, or, or supporting it at school, running events mm -hmm. in schools. And so again, you, you, you know, I very rarely am interested in the stick as a, as a leader. And you know that because you work yeah. with me. So it's just, no, no, no. It's yeah, all 100%. about the carrot. It's all about, you know, what do you want and what is the accountability to that? And how, how can we do this? Mm -hmm. And so learning that is so great. And I just, again, want to reach out, you know, to our leaders that that is just such a learning opportunity. So I'm, so I'm so happy that you brought that up. So, you know, what do you look back on, you know, biggest failures or mistakes, Rob? Oh man. Um, so yeah, I, I would say, you know, initial mistake is, is anybody you know, I, I didn't challenge myself to, to really think internally. Like you kind of went back to, I don't know if you call it a mistake, but it, it's so true, right? Like hindsight's 2020 for, for the overuse sure. term. And um, I, I didn't really explore, you know, what I wanted to be. And I didn't think internally. And, and I do think the generation now coming up, I even see it in my five-year-old, they're just so much more 
you know, they have so much more emotional intelligence and awareness and, and they want to make a difference and, and all of that. And I never took the time to say like, what would re- what would I really want to do in life? Right. And, mm-hmm. and go and explore that. I, I had a really boxed in mentality. So, so that was the first thing, right. That like as early as possible, you know, take risks, the earlier yeah. you take risks, the less of a consequence there is. Um, yeah. so going back, you know, I, I, I've had this opportunity to, to, you know, like you said, get involved in a whole bunch of areas. So I'm really happy, but you know, exploring that and doing that as early as possible, um, is one thing that I'm just really fortunate that that, that, that landed in my lap, like hundred percent luck. If that didn't happen, you know, I, I 100% would not be fulfilled at all in my life. I, it would be such a different path. So, so that was one thing that, you know, I don't know if it's a mistake, but it's something that I, I really wish, you know, I tapped into a lot earlier, you know, something that I learned, um, just completely transparently. It was, it was, you know, a lot later in my life and fortunate that I had the success and made levels of income I never thought possible. So I was able to kind of catch up on opportunity miss that once, you know, year two and year three, I was making is almost as much money as, is you know, um, people who have full-time jobs in, in the yeah. summer running student works. And, um, as you know, well, you know, we, we do all my, 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 my whole group of friends, we, we all have virtual trophies that we definitely, you know, we're probably the best, you know, work hard, party hard, uh, work hard, play hard group. Um, yeah. you know, we, 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 we still love that. So, you know, as part of that, you know, my, my income went into, you know, in, in, you know, all, all things fun. I, I, and, yes. and the earlier that you make smart decisions, I, I would love to know what my portfolio would look like now. I, I purposely don't try to do those calculations and <laughs> had the opportunity to to catch up on that. But always think of, you know, what you do now will pay dividends in the future, especially taking any asset that you have and and, and putting it to work for you. Mm-hmm. You know, that's a transition in, in, in your early years of your career. You'll 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 have this you know short period and in the, in the longer scope of things to really take advantage of, of what you have coming in and, and allow those assets to go to work for you. I always say, I don't want to be the, the six year old still doing what I want to do today. You know, I know I'll still be active, but I want to change that ratio to be more involved in more of these fun things that I talk about right. and, and be able to have more control of my nine to five. So put, put that to work, you know, every time that, that you take a step ahead, let, let that go to work for you um, is a big piece. And then, really prioritize um it took me a while to learn balance i was a workaholic very single threaded and uh, you and i had had that chat is you know mistakes in in having an amazing supportive wife who who challenged me in a way that wasn't like go do more it was you know you need more balance like she yeah. saw in me again things that that i had missed and as i became more balanced across family and health and and, and work in all different ways you, you end up excelling more than you ever thought in the area that you were single threaded. So hugely important to do that. And and the last thing is, um, it was actually Mike, Mike Shabs, um, where, where I had a really big light bulb go off when, when my relationship started to get serious with my, my now wife, she had challenged me to, to really do some introspection on my emotional intelligence. And, you know, I was very ignorant in some areas that, that, um, Mike in, in his journey, he was able to help me and do some assessments around, you know, where am I strong and where do I really lack from an emotional intelligence um, perspective and, and, you know, really, really putting as much weight in emotional intelligence as, as, as IQ is something that just made me grow, you know, so much more than I ever thought ahead of time. So for, for, you know, big mistake and not prioritizing or, or being aware of how important emotional intelligence and empathy and all the things that come with it are, um, in, in your overall success across all, all areas of your life. 
That's awesome. So, so you, you, you gave us a lot there. So just, just to catch everyone up, Mike, uh, uh, another amazing alumni of ours is, uh, is a leader in mindfulness, uh, mm-hmm. work with the Dalai Lama. Uh, it's been a long time since I've, I've connected with them. I've connected a little bit with them. So, so maybe I can reach out to you to sort of t- say, Hey, I was on the podcast. I want to get you on for the, for the leaders who listen. That'd be incredibly insightful. Yeah. So he's, he's just so, yeah. so wise, you know, again, um, and, um, it's been a while since I've been able to connect. So that that's, that's that piece. And, and really as well, it's kind of that we teach a work hard, play hard, have fun mentality for sure. And as well, like it's, it, there's what Rob speaks to is, is one of the things I like to say is we all have big engines here. And the reality <laughs> is, is that, is that, you know, um, my doctor in the summer asked, so, so, you know, are, are you a, you know, a holic, you know, in any way? And I go, well, I, you know, I don't think I'm an alcoholic, you know, I, you know, I think I got that managed. He goes, well, what about, what about a workaholic? And I went, you know, I manage that. Like, that's something I manage, right? Just cause that, yep. that work as an athlete, you know, it, that's kind of not healthy, right? Like that mm-hmm. overwork and then the work mm-hmm. in the business and overwork sometimes. So, and you're right. The more, mindfulness we can bring to it the more thought the more mm-hmm. the more balance the more you know again community family these things into the work and then again it makes you wiser it makes you more successful you know moving forward so so i really appreciate you you bringing that up and then the other thing as well is i do want to just sort of share like hey 15 years ago the internet wasn't what it was growing up you know in Sault Ste Marie there was not the space but but now by the way i imagine kids growing up in Sault Ste Marie have a whole lot different experience so different. just because so different there's social media there's google there's all these things that are just everywhere and so yeah. so people's experience i know um Kyle Pavlich who's who's runs a consulting firm he's he's one of our district managers and Zed Consulting and, and it's generation Z and he says now 75% of generation Z talk about wanting to be entrepreneurs you know so yeah. so there's a real shift in our community about seeing that value and seeing again you know the opportunity of entrepreneurship and, and again mm-hmm. it's not just the opportunity because again i hope everyone's hearing it's it's the opportunity for contribution the opportunity mm-hmm. to do more right wow i get to get up get get up and and rob's got an exciting day to make a contribution in all these ways right that mm-hmm. that that again you know at literally is going to impact you and 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 us in the marketplace with working with the big companies that you do and you'll never know about it because databricks is never going to become a company that likely really a whole bunch of people are going to know about because it's a business to business brand, right? They're just going to go and really do their work. So. And and to that point, Chris, like we've done things, especially through COVID that, that have literally with these big organizations that are, that are facing massive challenges. um, We've had a lot of business success, but, but that's come through really doubling down in areas that have saved jobs, right. Have Mm -hmm. have helped companies thrive in, in spite of this. So even, you know, part of the motivator in this role is, is we truly do things that help, solve the world's biggest problems in a greater scope. You know, Databricks is a part of all the development around, uh, you know, the the vaccines that are coming out and the testing oh, wow. are huge in the healthcare life sciences space. So, you know, you start to, again, get drawn to things that, that like yeah. you said, you, you just feel you can actually make an impact and it's incredibly rewarding. So yeah, I appreciate you bringing that up. Yeah, no, that's, well, that's, that's, that's wonderful. And, and so what did you need to change about yourself, Rob, you know, moving from, you know, that university student to being really powerfully successful as a value creator in the full-time world? 
Yeah, the, the the biggest thing, and, and this kind of circles back to that that crossroads moment that we talked about, was um, am I gonna be a person that you know runs away from the challenge, or 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 leads a life that tries to minimize you know the amount of stress and challenges around you, or am I gonna be somebody who embraces it? And and it's really a mindset thing. And, and there was times, Chris, where where I was incredibly stressed, and you and I were on the phone, and you worked me through exercises that I still use daily, right? The, just to set up your day. And, and it really is, you know, kind of a mindset thing and, and something that you have to embrace. And that was what I really had to change is become that person, right? You can coach yeah. yourself, but that's a journey to, to truly get there. And then once you hit that threshold that you work towards, all of a sudden you get pushed, you know, into another dimension of, wow, you know, and, and, and that continues to cycle through and grow and grow and grow. And then you fast forward 15 years and you're the person that you are. So it was committing to that journey. 100% right of, of, you know, having a growth mindset, embracing the challenges running, you know, I always make the joke is I run to the fire, not from the fire, right. um, but with the right mentality. And it's so rewarding when you come out the other end. Yeah. And and that's, what's amazing. Um, you know, my, my, my mother was, we were making the joke before the call that, you know, I, I'm Italian heritage and I talk to my mom still like four times a day. And every time I, I take on a new role or I take on something else, she's like, is that going to be more stressful? And I'm like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> a whole different idea. And, you know, she, you know, huge credit. She when when you know she she worked in a grocery store and that shut down. She opened up her own her own daycare and, and has been, right. you know, amazingly successful at that and impactful in so many lives. But you know, it's still that, you know, it's her it's her son and she doesn't want me to be stressed. I'm like, I'm fine. I love this. Like, <laughs> you know, you need to understand that, you know, that's something that I wake up in the morning about. So yeah. Really becoming that person who, you know, when I was probably living at home, you know, yeah. that wasn't the person I am. So she still sees me as that way. But for sure, totally, you know, in, embracing, in, embracing that. And that, that really comes back to those crossroads that we spent some time talking about and saying, am I going to go left or am I going to go right? Yeah. And also as well, it's, it's like when we see problems appropriately, it's like, yeah, I'm running to those problems because those problems need to be solved. And if smart people yeah. like you, Rob, and the smart people you're around aren't solving them, then the world's not going to solve them. And again, I'm really excited that, you know, you're another example of, of a, another amazing young leader who is working to solve some of the world's biggest problems. Or, or, and again, remember, the world's biggest problems don't get solved by a person. Right. They get mm -hmm. solved by teams and, and teams yep. and teams of people to solve these problems. But I love the idea. One of the things you said is, is, you know, you talked about becoming a cop and really what you talked about really was being a SWAT SWAT officer was what had you interested in high school. And really that's running to problems. And that's what you're yep. still doing wrong is you're yeah. running to problems to solve them, yeah. to figure it out, to, 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 you know, put them to rest. And, and the, the, the thing to think about as a leader is the most successful leaders solve the biggest problems. It's not that you're getting to a point where there's no problems anymore. That's not yep. what we want. You know, now, on the other hand, as your business, you know, as you grow as a leader, one of the things you're looking to do is if those problems keep reoccurring, then we just need a structure change. So those problems don't happen <laughs> anymore, right? Like, so, so, yeah. so we have new problems all the time or new opportunities, yeah. right? New opportunities to improve, new opportunities to take the business to the next level always. Mm -hmm. So Rob, what key habits would someone want to steal from you? I would say, yeah, habit-wise, having a front of mind mentality, like waking up every day, um, establishing, you know, the mindset of what do I want to accomplish, seeing 
core to what most what's most important there's so many distractions in a day um if you're way too tactical and just letting that you know drive your direction then Mm -hmm. it's really hard to make measurable forward progress so really being clear on what are your priorities what's your what's your north stars so to say and be laser focused on what you need to do to get there and making that part of your your daily routine um i i would say is pretty pretty core to you know what i do and how i operate and 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 you know something that that i feel is is pretty strong and 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 people could carry on yeah that that growth mindset so you know always always pursuing areas to learn in multiple dimensions like we talked about through mentorship you know there's never a time i I, i'm not tagged into multiple people who who have a mentor role um for me in various areas you know across Mm -hmm. family um health and 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 work that really contribute you know to to my continued growth and, and development so always prioritizing that making it as simple as an outreach um and then taking on the opportunity to to mentor others you learn so much from a mentee that that i never even thought yeah. um that you know really investing in that as well two big things and then you know just trying to have a positive mindset it, it's really hard some days but i wake up every day and and i really simplify it as i'm the per I, you know something that's super important to me is you know how do people remember you and it's like mm-hmm. i just want people to think you know if you interact with rob or you're working with rob in in any way personal business etc that you, you just have a smile on your face it's a good feeling that you walk away with and, and just prioritizing that it's a really simple thing but you know it helps you be more fulfilled in your day it's super yeah. easy to get caught in the minutiae that that can make everything a challenge so continually reminding yourself that this is a journey and we're only here for a certain period of time and and you know what are you going to be remembered by and what's the impact you left on on others um doesn't matter what i do in life you know if i'm talking to clients partners friends it's like yeah. you just want to be a positive person that that you know has a good impact on people yeah, I love that. I love that third one. I well, I love all of them, but that third one really resonates with me. And just yeah. just being that good energy. And one of the great advantages of being that good energy is is that guess what? That's what you get. You're given to the yeah. world. You're going to get it get it from the world, yeah. right? And yeah. yeah, and people are people are going to be reaching out to you just like you did back in the, back in the day. And and uh, you know, you're not in a good spot, and you reached out to me to get in a good spot, right? And you were yeah. struggling to be in a good spot. And okay, hey, let's develop habits and uh processes and thanks for sharing that with me about about that those that making a difference you know and and to me again i think you know one of the big things that that's really on a lot of people's mind is mental health and and i know mm-hmm. for me i'm struggling well and how i struggle so it's it, you know on a scale of one to ten maybe i'm a seven uh, in yep. covid just because you know i love to be face to face with people i totally. love to to you know we've got our first january training and it's not face to face and it's 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 you know it's not seeing everyone and um it's going to be different and i'm just mm-hmm. embracing it as best i can and just bringing it and then mm-hmm. checking in with myself and then the, all those habits fitness mindset meditation body, you know, how am I holding my body? How am I breathing? How am I bringing self-compassion? All these things yeah. make all the difference towards, towards my mental health. And, and so, so there's, there's things that we can learn to make a difference for our mental health. And again, that's, there's things that in our program, those are the things we're teaching. Those things we're coaching. Amazing. That's so you awesome know. to hear. Yeah. yeah. Um, and, uh, so final question, uh, Rob, um, when you think of a leader of tomorrow, what comes to mind? 
Yeah. So, so the leader of, of even today is, and I think it's becoming more and more prevalent, you know, with, with things that are happening right now in the world, um, is somebody a, that always leads by example. Mm-hmm. We talked a ton about empathy and emotional intelligence being just as important as, you know, core skill set and, and, uh, and, and intellect and somebody that is, you know, wants to help others, you know, give them the type of latitude and freedom. As you mentioned, you know, 75% of Gen Z wants to be entrepreneurial and, and that doesn't need to be everybody runs their own business. Right. You know, there's entrepreneurial opportunities. So you can yeah. be, you know, a leader needs to allow those type of people to go and make that impact and have that autonomy. Um, and, and I feel those, those components are critical to, you know, what a leader of today and into tomorrow needs, needs to be. Awesome. Awesome. Well, Rob, this has been fantastic. I know we're up against a hard stop. Mm-hmm. So what we'll do is we'll plan more time later to get a testimonial. We're also going to get you to come speak to our operators. I know you offered that to us. I love that. Uh, yeah. So, so yeah, you know, and, and again, it's really great now with COVID. Here's another plus because with COVID <laughs> you're in Edmonton, you know, it would have been, you know, just a monstrous request. When can you get yourself to Montreal <laughs> or Ottawa or yeah. Toronto or Halifax, you know, but now hey, yeah. we can just, you know, zoom you in. So that's awesome. Yep. Yeah, I would love to. I, I really appreciate that. This is this is you know another facet. I'm so happy we reconnected, and, and yes. anything I can do to contribute. There's, you know, so many amazing people that that you know do super impactful things and realize what their true potential is through this program. So anything I can do to contribute, you know, I think it's been super clear just how you know monumental you know those those three plus years of of my life with the program were to where I am today. So you know, huge opportunity anytime to to give back in any capacity. Really appreciate it. Fantastic. Okay, Rob. Hey, we'll be in touch soon. Okay, take care. Cool, man. Have, have an Thank awesome you. day. Bye bye. For sure. See you, man. Hey, leaders. I hope you enjoyed this episode. By now, you are aware that we work with ambitious students every single year to not only help them run their first successful business, but to further their development as a leader and give them an unfair advantage in the future over their counterparts. It's why starting now and only for the next few weeks, we'll be on campuses across Ontario, Quebec, and the East Coast interviewing students who think they have what it takes to start their first business and get started down the path of entrepreneurship. If you think you have what it takes or know someone who might be interested, visit leaderspodcast.ca slash apply and start your application process today. Once again, it's leaderspodcast.ca slash apply. And I can't wait to see you on the other side.